Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. How's everybody doing? Do y'all feel more like the favor of the Lord is upon us because there's a Texas team going to the national championship? Because I kind of do. I kind of do. How many of you watched the games last night? Yeah, they were awesome, right? I know Texas Tech wasn't in it. I know all, the, I know all these things. Uh, but I, I got to enjoy me a little football last night, so I am definitely ready to preach today. I feel full. Nothing like looking over your notes for the next Sunday while watching football at the same time. <laughs> Most men can't multitask, and I can't, but I can, for some reason I can do those two things. It's like, it's just, it's just meant to be. Uh, well, welcome to church. Um, Happy New Year. Why don't you look at, look at somebody and tell them Happy New Year? Are you all excited about 2023? No one's excited. Okay, well, I'm going to try and get you excited. Is this side, are you all excited about 2023? I th- hey, I think it's going to be a really good year. Um, I-, I was already looking forward to it before Christmas and everything uh, got here and had to kind of slow my horses and uh, just kind of enjoy the holidays before we, we get into what God wants to do. Um, I really want to encourage you to, I-, I think it's important that in, in moments like this, uh, uh, that we, we spend some time with the Lord and we actually ask, what he's, ask him what he would have to say about our life, what he would have to say, what, what would be a word or um, a direction or some vision just for us personally going into the new year. I, I, I can tell you this, I think in a, in a lot of ways that the church can like over-dramatize the new year. It's like everything's about 2023, you know, like, like, uh, like, like, in other words, like 2020, there was a bunch of words or you heard all the words about like vision, great vision, 2020 vision is like, yeah, except we didn't see COVID coming. Where was the vision there? Um, you know, and like we, we just kind of over dramatize it. And uh, but, but I do believe the Lord is on it. I do believe, believe that the Lord gives you a word for um, for a season. And I would encourage you to actually go to the Lord and ask him what he would have to say in this season. I will give you some, some experiences, uh, some of my experiences as well. I've never had a word last a whole year. I can barely remember what I preached the week before, much less a word that lasts a whole year, right? It's, but, I, but what I do find is that a word will last for a season. Come on, somebody. It'll last for a season, which means this. There will be another word coming your way. There will be another word coming your way. And, and, what I, and what I'm trying to say is, I think it's important that in, in moments like this, that we actually capitalize on the word that he's given in the season. Am I preaching to anybody today? That we actually, we actually grab a hold of what he's saying and we actually ask him, okay, Lord, I hear you saying this. What would you have me do about this? How could I incorporate, like, like in other words, let me give you an example. The Lord's really, um, really, really stressing family to me personally right now. And, and the, what, the thing that he's pointing at is my, my, is my five, the five that I have, me and my wife and our three kids. He's really putting an emphasis on this. And one of the words that I felt like he, he, he told me, he said, increased intentionality leads to increased impact. When you increase your intentionality, you will increase your impact, your impact and your influence. And, and, so I, and so I said, okay, Lord, what can I do? And this is where I get very, very practical. And I, and I just wanna, I, I didn't, mean, didn't even have this in my notes to share with you today, but I really wanna encourage you. A lot of times we stop at the word that God gives. 
Lord, give me a word, give me a, give me a word. We get the word, and then we're like, all right, we got the word, but then we don't know what to do with the word, and we try and figure it all out ourselves. Well, he gave me a word about family, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to work on my family. You know what I've actually learned to do is that the Lord actually still wants you to stay in contact and in close relationship and in collaboration with him. And when he gives you the word, we should go right back and go, okay, Lord, you said family. What would you have me do with my family? What steps would you have me take in this, in this direction? And it can get really, really practical. Like for the first time, you're going to laugh. I'm actually considering that we might get a dog. It's a bad idea. I know it's a bad idea. I don't want a dog. It's too much responsibility. I can't even take care of my own kids, much less add another one to the family. However, I am letting the Lord speak to me because I might do it for my family. I'm talking about really, I still get no's. Don't do it, man. Do not do it. Don't open the door. <clears throat> I booked a family ski trip. And for those of you who don't know, that's my favorite thing to do, which means that I don't want to do it with my family. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I was going to be honest today and tell the truth. That's what I thought we were supposed to do in church. I don't want to babysit my kids on the mountain. I want to flip and go down the hill as fast as I can, as many times as I can with all my boys and then go have a good time afterwards. That's what I want to do. Yet the, but, I'm, but I'm hearing the Lord. And I, and I want to, that, went, that, that just took a whole nother turn. It was real funny and got real serious. But I want to actually engage in what he's saying in a very practical way. And if he says, all right, let's do some family stuff, that means let's do some family stuff. Is this making sense? So I really want to encourage you, hear from the Lord for your own life. Get a word from him. And then if you do get a word, actually ask him how to incorporate it into your world. Amen? Amen. Today, um, it's going to be, we're going to kind of do a family talk. I think this is what happens at the beginning of the year most of the time. I want to share a little bit of vision with you today and um, where I think that we're, we're headed uh, in, in to, to start off the new year. And in one of those one of those areas, I want to talk to you about first fruits, our first fruits offering. And for those of you who've been here for, you know, some time, you know what our first fruits offering is. Uh, in fact, the way that this church got launched was was uh, an offering that actually came out of our Midland campus. They took up a, a, an offering at the a special offering at the beginning of the year to sow towards the launch of this campus. So literally, we're sitting in the chairs that they bought. And we're, we're, we're experiencing God in, in, in because of the sacrifice and the offering that they actually brought um, to launch this campus. And this is something that we do every year. And just to simply put it, the, the first, our first fruits offering is a special offering we bring as a family um, that pretty much says this with, with our finances. We say, God, you're first, and we're giving you our first, and we're giving you our best. That's really what it, it is all about. It's, it's taking the first of the year and saying, you know what? I'm actually going to put the kingdom first. I'm going to put the things of God first. You know, uh, there's a, I'm going to kind of preach a mini message here for just a second. But scripturally, there is something called the principle of first fruits. It's the principle of first fruits. And what this principle actually states and what it teaches in scripture is that the first isn't, isn't just something we should give to God. The first actually belongs to him. Say belong. The first belongs to God. You see in Exodus chapter 13, verses one through two, it says, then the Lord said to Moses, dedicate to me every firstborn 
among the Israelites, the first offspring to be born of both humans and animals. Notice the next word, belongs. The first of the offspring of both humans and animals belongs to me. You see, when it comes to the first fruits, the principle of first fruits, what we really have to understand is not only is not only God worthy of our first, not only does he deserve our first, the first actually is his. The first actually belongs to him. What's, what's beautiful about Christianity, what's beautiful about our relationship with God is even though he knows the first belongs to him, he still gives you all 100%. He gives you the opportunity to collaborate and bring the first. He doesn't take the first. He doesn't say, it's mine. This is my. No, no. He actually gives you 100%. He gives you all of it and says, I want relationship with you so much, and I actually want to release the blessing of God in you so much. I'm going to give you 100 to see if you'll bring me the first. This is, the, this is actually what the tithe is. It's the first 10%. It's not any 10%, it's the first 10%. We know uh, one of the things that really changed my life is, is realizing we actually can't give our tithe. All we can do is bring it because we actually can't give something that doesn't belong to us, but we can bring something that doesn't belong. See, the first fruits offering really is all about incorporating all of that. And for those of you who are like, hey, you, you, you gave me an Old Testament scripture. We live in the new covenant. Yes, we do. There's a really good refrigerator scripture. We all know, Matthew 6, What does it say? But seek, all right, four of you knew the scripture. Y'all need to get in your Bible, all right? Um, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We see the principle of first all throughout scripture, Amen. This is really what we're doing in this offering, in this special offering is, um, it's just a way of saying, God, you're first. You're first. One of the things that we do um, for this first fruits offering is we kind of pick out targets um, that we believe that the Lord is actually kind of showing us and where he's taking us. And, um, and really, these are, these are the areas that I feel like he has given us influence in, the area that he wants us to go. It's, it's kind of a next step. And um, our target this year is actually, um, I think it's time that we start taking steps to get our own building and um, to actually take steps into getting a new building. Now, I want to just throw out a disclaimer before you get all excited and whatever. What I mean by that is I want us to actually start taking a building fund. And, and the reason I want to do this is because I actually want us to be ready to make strategic moves whenever the Lord says go. If a piece of land pops up and we have the money, we can say, he can say, go. If, if, if it's actually a new rental facility and we have to rent for another three, five years, and he says, but it's a better environment and what we want, and he says, go, we can do it. If it actually is a new building, to buy a building, um, it, if we have the fun, we can say, like the Lord can go, hey, let's, let's do this. Is this making sense? Um, how many of you would like for us to have our own place, by the way? Wouldn't that be amazing? Um, okay, I'm, I'll get all 80, 90, 150 of you to, to join the, the 20, but we all want that, right? We all want a place to call home. It's very scriptural for us to have a home. And um, I really believe that this is, this is the next step for us. Just so you know, we've been, we've been actively pursuing new buildings. 
We've been actively pursuing different places. In fact, over the last couple of months, we thought we were in, gonna jump into this building. And um, there's just all kinds of things that pop up. It actually didn't end up working out. Um, but what we found is even if we don't get our own building and we get into another rental facility, there will still, need to, there will still be work to be done. Um, just for example, we were about to jump into one. They, we needed to do all new sound equipment. We needed to reconstruct the building and do offices. Um, there was just, there's just all kinds of things that go into um, getting a new place. And I'll tell you this, the YWCA has been nothing but amazing to us, just so you know. This building, um, I think we're making a difference in this building, let me say that. Um, but I kind of feel like where we're at right now is um, it's kind of like Abraham. And God said, hey, I need you to move. And, he's, and, and, and Abraham was like, well, where are we going? God's like, I don't, you don't get to know that. I just need you to move. I just need you to take a step of faith. And so this is what I believe we're supposed to do. Are y'all with me? We're gonna take a step and our first fruits offering is gonna go specifically to a building fund. And uh, we're just gonna see what the Lord wants to do and see where he wants to take us. And so I wanna ask you, um, join your family, get together as husband and wife and ask the Lord what he would have you give. This is gonna be over and above your tithe. This is gonna be a special offering. In fact, I would, love to, I would like to say, um, if you give your tithe towards our first fruits offering, it kind of messes our world up internally. Can I just be really, really honest with you today? We, we, we do a very good job at stewarding our finances. We have a budget that we set throughout the year and through, through seasons. And so um, we, when, when there is... Uh, something that is supposed to go to one budget that goes to, to a designated special offering, it kind of can, can get a little fishy. So um, I just wanted to be really, really clear about that. Hey, your first fruits offering, let it be something that is over and above the tithe. Me and Natalie have done this year in, year out for years of our life. And I can tell you, we are standing in some of the financial promises and the blessings of God because we've actually engaged in the principle of first fruits. I didn't even know it was that at the time. I'll be honest but we engaged in just giving towards the kingdom. And God did exactly what he said he would do. He actually came and he provided everything else. Amen. So I just want to take a moment and let's just pray. Let's pray over our first fruits offering. Pray over what, the, what, what I believe the Lord's wanting to do in you and in your family. And uh, just so you know, last, uh, last year we blew, uh, just blew it out of the water as far as our offering and, and what we brought in. Um, so I'm just believing the Lord is going to do the same. So let's just pray. God, we, we thank you. We thank you for vision. God, we thank you for where you have us headed. And I just I, I thank you for each person that's sitting in the seat today that, wants, that, that has a desire to put you first. And so, Lord, today we commit to you. We will put you first personally. But more than that, we will put you first as a church. We will put you first as a family, as a family of God. And I pray, Lord, that you, that Holy Spirit, you would lead us in the next few weeks, that you would lead us to, into what to give, what sacrifice to make, what you would do. And Lord, I pray that your grace would be on this, that your just grace would be on this. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen, amen. Um, I, uh, just, just so you know, that actual date, we're going to take up this offering on uh, January the 29th. And so uh, you've got about five weeks to, to prepare for that, and we'll do that during that service. Um, 
All right, let's, let's kind of jump into what I really feel like the Lord is saying. One of the things we're going to do today is, um, is watch a video from Pastor Braden. He, he had a vision um, a, a, a couple of weeks ago, about a month or so ago. And uh, I think it's going to bring a lot of vision to uh, our campuses and in our church uh, here in Lubbock and really launch us into 2023 in the direction that we should go. Um, so why don't you turn your attention to the screen. We'll watch that, and then I'll get back up and finish her up. Sound good? Awesome. Hey, church family, so good to be with you, even though it's via video here on January 1st. Um, I wanted to share something with you that I felt uh, really the Lord asked me to share with you. And I believe he asked me to invite you, uh, us as a church, myself, yourself included, uh, into this journey. Um, As most of you would know, uh, Leanne and I have been on a quite lengthy sabbatical uh, over the last almost, well, by the time you're watching this video, it'll have been three months. And um, about the first of December, the Lord Uh, began to speak to me. In fact, I actually had an encounter with the Lord. I was in prayer. And I want to just share this encounter that I had with the Lord with you uh, and then just share some things that I think uh, that it might mean and what I think the Lord is inviting us into here for the next 30 days and and on into the rest of the year here in 2023. Uh, Very first week of December, I was in prayer and I really began over over the sabbatical to, to see the importance of establishing some new rhythms for myself and prayer and worship and uh, getting back to some of the things that I knew I, I've known I've needed to do done all along. And so <clears throat> as, as I was sitting there praying, I began to pray in tongues. And as I was praying in tongues, the, the tongue turned into something different. And uh, I, I knew that this was a deep prayer that I was praying. And the deeper I got into this prayer, all of a sudden I began to have this encounter, this vision from the Lord. And as I was praying in tongues, the Lord began to show me that what was happening in the spirit realm was that, and I saw myself putting a crown on Jesus's head. And uh, I was interacting with the Lord and just thought because my mouth was praying in tongues. And so I was interacting with him and thought, and uh, I was al- he allowed me to know that what was happening as I was praying in tongues was I was crowning him king. I was crowning him king in prayer. Uh, as I continued to do this, all of a sudden it's like the, the scene just pulled back a little bit and then I was able to see that he wasn't just sitting nowhere, so to speak. He was actually sitting on a mountain. And so as I was, as the scene kind of pulled away, it was, I was crowning him king, but he was sitting on a mountain. And the Lord just brought to my attention uh, the seven mountain mandate. Some of you have heard of this from, you know, different people. Uh, I, I remember reading a book with Lance Wallnow, by Lance Wallnow and Bill Johnson, called the seven, about the seven mountain mandate and these seven mountains of culture that the Lord had, had called us to be influencers in. So I knew immediately that was one of those mountains and I knew intrinsically in my spirit that what he was saying was, is as you're praying, what you're doing is you're crowning me king, but you're crowning me king over an area, whether that was the, 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 the mountain of culture or family or, or sports and entertainment. There's different language for the different mountains. but. So I knew that I was crowning him king over something. It wasn't just crowning him king. He was crowning him king over something. And then what he allowed me to do was I began to think, okay, Lord, are there areas unique to my life, specific in my life, where I can pray you king over that in this this tongue, this new tongue that was coming out of my my mouth. And so uh, I began to meditate on scenarios and situations that I'm personally going through and and difficulties and, 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 and things that I needed King Jesus to be king over. And so I would meditate on on a situation or I would meditate on a 
a particular person or a particular building and I would just pray out in tongues and I and what I saw was is every time I began to think about that situation Jesus would go and he would sit over that situation and my prayer was crowning him king over that situation it was an incredibly powerful encounter in fact as I as the encounter began kind of ended well let me be honest with you one of the things that was kind of comical about this is the Lord had been calling me into some new uh, disciplines even in my physical body and uh, I was sitting there and I had not worked out that morning and the last thing I saw was as I was praying all of a sudden it's like the Lord just interrupted my own desires and all of a sudden I saw him sitting on my treadmill that was in my garage and I saw him sitting there on top of my treadmill with the crown and I'm like yes Lord I will go get on that treadmill you are king of that as well and so I actually did I got out I got up right away and went out and worked out and uh, but anyway all that to say as I began to just ponder that encounter it's very very powerful I began to ponder I actually shared it with Leanne and as I shared this with Leanne um, I think I realized that there was some weight on it. There was some anointing on this. And as I shared it with her, she said, man, she just got tears in her eyes and she just felt the presence of God come on her so strong. And she said, I, I think there's something to this. And so over the next few days, I just began to lean into this in prayer with the Lord. And what I felt like the Lord was saying was, um, and, and there's several more pieces to this, but for the sake of time, I felt like what the Lord was saying to me was, I, I gave you this dream in part, one part, so that you would go into places in prayer like you've never gone in, into prayer before, uh, starting this new year in 2023 and, and, and crowning me king, allowing me to be king through prayer uh, in certain areas of your life. But I also felt like it was an invitation to our church, to you, to say, hey, maybe we should start 2023 off with a time of prayer and even a time of fasting and, and, and praying him into the, uh, as the king over certain situations. There may be situations in your life where uh, you need him to be king. You know, according to scripture, he is the king of all, but it doesn't seem like maybe he's the king of your marriage right now. You don't think he's the king of your financial situation. Or maybe you have a situation with one of your children. It doesn't seem like the promises of God are, are, are becoming true or are true in this particular area. Maybe it's in business or, 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 or whatever it is. Um, I felt like it was an invitation. And so there's actually two parts to this. The first part is, I just want to invite you to um, take the next step in your relationship with the Holy Spirit as it pertains to speaking in other tongues. I want to read you a scripture in Acts chapter 19, very powerful scripture. Starting here in verse 1, it says, While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. So these were people who were already saved. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they replied, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Maybe as I'm talking to you right now, you, this, is, this is news to you that there's something else. In the past asking Jesus to be the Lord of your life, you, you, you didn't know there was something else. They said, we didn't know there was such thing as the Holy Spirit. He says, then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then, after that, then Paul laid his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. I think for some of you, this, this initial invitation is an invitation into a relationship with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I know for, for a fact that that encounter that I had with the Lord, this encounter 
uh, was birthed in tongues, was birthed in praying in tongues. And for those of you who don't understand exactly what this is, the Bible says in Luke chapter 11 that if, if we being evil desire to give good gifts to our children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? You receive the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit coming on you the same way you receive Jesus. You open your mouth, you confess Jesus is Lord. Same way you confess, Holy Spirit, you're real. I believe that you're good. The Bible says he likens you to a good gift from God. So Lord, if there's more, I want it. I want the Holy Spirit and I want to speak in tongues if you say it's good. Uh, why is speaking in tongues so important? I think there are things in our lives, I know you know this, where I know I should pray, but I don't know what to pray. And that is when we literally surrender ourselves. The Bible says surrender your body as a living sacrifice. We can surrender our body, surrender our tongue, our mouth, our vocal cords, and allow the Holy Spirit to pay, pray the most perfect prayer from heaven, a, a prayer authored by the Holy Spirit himself. It's like we just say, hey, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to pray, but you can borrow my mouth and you can pray whatever you want to pray. That's what I believe was happening to me in that encounter. I didn't know what I was doing, but because I surrendered to the Holy Spirit and allowed him to pray through me through the power of praying in tongues, and I prayed this thing out that I'm sharing with you right now. So I want to invite you into that. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, now is your time. This is the time for you. Uh, and so I want to invite you into that. And so I, I would encourage you, ask another believer, ask one of our prayer leaders at the end of service, ask one of the campus pastors or one of your home church pastors, say, I'm ready for this. If there's something else out there, I want this, I'm ready for this. And so I want to invite you in to that, that place. But with that, I also want to invite you into something we're just going to call 30 days of prayer and fasting. You're, you're watching this video on January 1st. So starting tomorrow will be January 2nd. And that will give us 30 days in January for this season, this time of prayer and fasting. I would encourage you to ask Lord, Lord, what would you have me fast? If you've never done a fast, we're, I don't really have time to go into it in this video, but uh, just ask the Lord, Lord, what is there something in the natural, something in, in the physical that you would have me lay down? Maybe a food, a hobby, a TV show. Is there something you would have me lay down uh, in this season just to remind my flesh that I'm not led by my flesh, but I'm led by my spirit. And in that season, uh, I'm also going to ramp up my prayer. I'm going to pray out things. I'm going to, through my, my, my prayer in tongues, but also my prayer in English, I'm going to declare you king. I believe that's what he was showing me. He's wanting to be king over every area of our life. And he's inviting us to make him king, make him king over your marriage, over your finances, over your children, over, over this ministry, over your, your ministry or your business, whatever your occupation is, make him king over every area of life, over our city. I think that's what he's inviting us into. So I just ask that you join us over the next 30 days, starting tomorrow. Uh, we're gonna have some things, your campus pastor will be letting you know what those are, some, maybe some times of corporate prayer where we're gonna come together as a church. But this is really a call to you, the individual believer to ramp up, to, to come up and to allow King Jesus, that's what he is, King Jesus, to be the king of your life in areas that maybe you've not allowed him to be king before. So Lord, let me just end this little video with, with just prayer. And I just believe the next 30 days, this 30 days of prayer and fasting, we are going to see Jesus King in a whole new way. Lord, we just surrender to you right now. We just, one, we say yes to this invitation. We we accept this invitation into, into a season, an, an, uh, an increased season of prayer and a, and a season of fasting where we set aside the things of the flesh to elevate the things of the spirit. And we just declare first and foremost, you are king. And we're asking you to continue to show us, show up even in, in other, in, in areas of our life where maybe we've not seen your lordship and your, 
your kingship, if you will, whether that's our personal life, our, 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 our job, our occupation, our ministry, whatever that is, we just believe with all of our heart that this invitation is because you want to show up in a new, powerful, transformative way in our lives, in our ministries, our jobs, our families, our cities, more than we've ever seen you before. So we just say yes to this. We say yes to this invitation. And, and we just believe that uh, in 30 days, 30 days from now, we are going to see things and have testimonies that we've never had before. We thank you for this invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, you know, as I, uh, as I was meditating on um, really just Braden's video and, and where, we were, where we were headed, into the next 30 days, just prayer and fasting. Um, it's, it's, there, there were two stories that actually came up. And I was reminded of the two stories of the apostles uh, that, that actually got put into prison. The first one I was reminded of was, was Peter in Acts chapter 12. Uh, this is not as widely known. This is an absolute supernatural crazy story. I don't know if you remember, King Herod was persecuting the church and he took Peter, the apostle Peter, put him in prison, and, um, and he, was, he was so concerned about Peter getting out, he put like 16 soldiers in charge of him, did not want him to get out of prison. Um, he, he's about to persecute him, put him on trial the next day, and there's uh, something amazing happens. First, Peter is, he's actually tied or chained to two, um, to two guards, He's in chains, he falls asleep, and I love what happens next. It says, an angel of the Lord came and struck him on his side and told him to get up. Now, I'm not sure why he didn't just pat him on the shoulder and be like, hey, bro, it's time to go. I'm not sure why he kind of nudged him in the ribs, but he did. Maybe just because he was in a bad mood that day, I'm not real sure. But he, he, he nudged and he, he, he struck Peter on the side. It says that Peter woke up, the chains fell off. The, uh, the angel escorted Peter out from all the guards. They're just hanging out. He, he, he escorts him out of the jail. This is in your Bible. It says there was an iron gate that just magically opened. Supernaturally, it just opens. Peter walks out, and he's just hanging out outside the city. All of a sudden, the angel leaves. The whole time, Peter actually thought he was, in a, he was having a vision. He thought he was in a dream until the angel actually left, and he was like, holy, I'm free. I'm out of here. Um, he even goes and knocks on the door of all the, the disciples and some people. They're praying. Um, I, love, I love how the story continues because he knocks on the door. This girl comes to the door. She sees Peter. She's so excited. She doesn't even open the door from him. She runs back and tells everybody, Peter's here. They're like, it ain't Peter. It's just his angel. But that's a whole nother thing. But it's just an amazing supernatural story. Then I'm reminded of a story that we all know really well. It's the story of Paul and Silas. They get put into prison. And it says one night as they are hanging out in prison, it says they begin to pray and they begin to worship. And when they begin to pray and worship, do you know what happened? An earthquake came. An earthquake comes. All the chains not, don't just fall off them, fall off every prisoner. All the cell doors open up and no one escapes. The, the guard that is in charge, the jailer, actually, he, uh, this is all in your Bible, by the way, he goes to really to kill himself because he's like, oh man, I'm in charge of all these people. They're gonna get out. I'm done. And right before he does, Paul and Silas call out to him, tell him to stop. And you know what they do? They actually lead him to the Lord. 
They don't just lead him to the Lord. They lead his whole family and his whole household to the Lord. They don't just get them saved. They get them baptized. Now, they could have just ran out of the jail that day. They could have just been like, oh, Lord, you just set us free. No, no, but they, they, they sowed a seed. They led someone to the Lord. A whole household gets saved. Then the next day, they, they, they release Paul and Silas anyway. Here we are surrounded by two stories that are quite honestly amazing. Supernatural in every single way. Some would even argue that these situations were impossible to get out of. I mean, you're in jail. These men are in jail. How are, they're, they're getting wrongly persecuted. How, how on earth are they supposed to get out? And here's what I find interesting about both stories. There's one common denominator in both. And it's this very thing that I believe actually led to the supernatural occurrences that we actually read about. And you know what that one thing was? It was prayer. Prayer was involved in both. Acts chapter 12, verse five says, while Peter was in prison, notice who prayed. The church prayed very earnestly for him. Acts chapter 16, it says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were, come on, say it, they were, they were praying. I believe there's a direct correlation between their prayer and the supernatural they experienced. You know what I find interesting about the whole story? Is there's a lot of things that they could have done differently. There's a lot of different there's a lot of different ways they could have gone about getting out of jail. When Peter was in jail, you know what the church could have done? They could have all rallied together, grabbed their pitchforks if they had guns, maybe then, and they, would have, they could have gone and broke, broke Peter out of jail. You know, Paul and Silas, they were smart guys. You know what they could have done? They could have, they could have convinced the jailer to let them go. They could have found a way to dig out. They could, have, they could have done all these different things. They could have fought everyone around them, but you know what they actually chose to do? Their, their, their first response is very interesting to me. They chose to pray. They didn't choose to cause a ruckus. They didn't choose to fight. They chose to pray. The church needed their apostle back, and you know what they did? They all gathered up in a house, and they prayed. They were praying so much that even when Peter got released, he came to knock on the door, and you know what Peter found him doing? Praying. They were praying. In other words, you know what they were doing? They were crowning Jesus as Lord over the situation. I'm not going to do it in my own strength. I'm not going to do it in my own ability. I'm not going to try and get out in my own wisdom. I'm not going to lose hope. I'm not going to quit. No, I'm actually going to say, you know what? In prayer, God, I'm actually going to crown you over this mountain. I'm going to put you over this situation that actually seems impossible. It, 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 it seems like we can't get out. And because they, in prayer, put Jesus, Lord, over that situation, he does the impossible. He does what only he can do. Come on, I just feel the urgency. Would you stand to your feet right now? <clears throat> Come on, we're called to be a people who pray. Come on, I said we're called to be a people who pray.
We're called to be believers who actually believe. People who are full of faith. Oh, and dare I say wonder. Faith and wonder. Would you just raise your hand if you're ready to see God move in that kind of way? (laughs) To see him move in the supernatural, to see him move miraculously, to see him move in ways that we can't move it that way ourselves. Come on, I'll be, let's just be really, really honest. You've tried all the ways you can figure out and they don't work. Mine don't either. His way works. I said his way works. Getting him involved in your situation, getting him involved in your business, getting him involved in your finances, getting him involved in your marriage, getting him involved in the relationship you have with your kids, getting him involved in the relationship you have with the church, getting him involved in the relationship that you wanna actually see come to your life. Oh, you can strive if you want to. There's an easier way. There's a more fruitful way. There's a more powerful way. Oh, and his name is Jesus. It's just, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. There's a lot of good books out there, but Lord, I need you. There's a lot of wisdom out there, but Lord, I need you and I need your wisdom. full dependence. That's what this next 30 days is about. Amen. It's just crowning him, Lord. As we go into these 30 days of fasting and prayer, I want to remind you of two things. Number one, there's no situation that is impossible for God. I said there's no situation that is impossible for him. And number two, prayer is an invitation for God to work in your situation. So prayer is. It invites him and says, I need you to work, God. I believe the Lord's gonna reveal to you exactly what you should do, what y'all should do as a family. I believe it's gonna be an amazing time. I believe maybe um, just as much and just as strong today that there are some of you in here and you need to take that next step in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, My wife, she grew up Church of Christ. She practically said the same words as the men said to Paul. I didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. I've been missing out on this all along. It's like, yeah, bro, you can get a whole new language and you don't even have to spend any time on that. What's it called? What's the language learner thing? Yeah, Rosetta Stone, kick rocks, bro. I got the Holy Spirit. The church, people, we just made this. We made it too weird. We made it too crazy. You know what? It's not crazy and it's not weird. It's supernatural. The word for it is it's supernatural. That's what it is. We're called to be supernatural beings. And you need to take the next step. Um, We're going to have some prayer leaders up here at the front to pray with you as we leave service today.
We're gonna have some music playing and, and um, we're just gonna open up for the Lord to actually do this. As soon as Braden said it on the video and said that your time is now, you knew, you knew right then when he said it. And so here, let me just, let me just make it worse for you. Don't run out, don't run away from that. That is the Lord. And I wanna invite you. If you want him, you'll get him. If you want him, you'll get him. God's faithful. I love the scripture even Braden used. You know, we just got out of Christmas. This makes a lot of sense to us right now. If our if an earthly father knows how to give good gifts, how much more? It doesn't say that the that the Lord would give a good gift. He gets specific. How much more will the heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit? Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. You know what your job is? Ask. And he'll fill you. It's life-changing. I just want to, I want you to get your expectancy up. It's life-changing. Some of you have been missing the power that you need to, to, to beat the enemy, to beat your flesh, to actually live the life God has called you to live. You know what you're missing? This moment. Jesus made it very, very clear. He told his disciples, hey, don't go anywhere until the Holy Spirit comes. And when the Holy Spirit comes, you'll receive, come on, someone say it. You'll receive power. You know what comes with it? Power comes with it. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.